I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Will John Gruden be the next head coach of the Bucks, And will Jameis Winston play again this season? All that plus a shout out to a lightning legend. That's all coming up on this episode of the Rick and Tom podcast. Thanks guys for listening. We are Tom Jones and Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times talking Tampa Bay sports each and every day. We are produced by Steve Verstick and Rick. Lots going on at one buck place for a team that is three and six. We'll get into the John Gruden rumors here in just a few moments, but let's start with Jameis Winston. The plan of course, going into this past week was to shut him down for a couple of weeks then you and I talked a lot recently on one of our podcasts, and we thought, well, could there be a scenario where the Bucks would shut them down for the rest of the season, depending on you know how the how the team was playing, what their record was, whether they were still in the race, so forth. So, what's the sense you get now, Rick? We're we're a game into this thing of shutting down Jameis Winston. Is there a chance that he will be shut down for the rest of the year? Will he play again this season? Any more any more closer sense of what's going to happen here after one game into this experiment here? Uh, yeah, I think so. I only know what I'm told, and, and I sought that answer out because we did speculate about it. Because it was, you remember on Sunday, Jason Light came out and said, um, you know, in his Building the Bucks segment with uh, Gene Deckeroff, that, you know, while they said that they were going to shut him down for two weeks, it could be an extended uh, period of time before he actually plays. And so that that kind of, you know, could mean a lot of different things. But what I've come to find out is that there, there's really no nothing sinister per se about it. I mean, the the bottom line is that you know the doctors felt and and the team felt that he had sustained too many hits on that shoulder. Even though there wasn't structural damage, it, it doesn't mean it wasn't painful. And they thought that there came a point where you know, and they pulled him in his la- the last game that he played. But there came a point where that the pain was preventing him from making certain throws. We saw him dirt some some balls to Mike Mike Evans on some right. inside routes and you know things that throws that he normally makes. And then there were some throws that they saw on film that he probably should have made and chose not to throw it. You know, which would be another indication that, you know, it didn't feel like his arm was that he had enough strength or or that, you know, that the pain was was too much. But just wasn't confident in it. Just yeah. wasn't confident in it. And so when you watch, when they watched that, and then they evaluated, you know, that last hit that he took um, from uh, Jordan uh, up in New Orleans, that he got driven into the ground pretty good. So even a even a guy with a healthy shoulder may have felt that. Yeah, that um, was a hit. I mean, I look back at at, uh, at Aaron Rodgers' hit, and that that's what yes, sort it of reminded similar. me of, like Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers was perfectly healthy when that happened. But that's right. So I think um, I think all of that in the consultation with the doctors now. You know, the question I've had is, okay, so if it's not after the Dolphins game and, and at some point, um, is there going to be a point where you would you would feel comfortable playing him? Do you anticipate he'll play again? Because if not, the thing to do would be to put him on IR. And that right. does not seem to be their intention. I, I've, I've been led to believe at least that, in fact, record aside, like whether they're – 
You know, right now they're they're what three and six, whether they're right three, three and six. eight, three and eight, or four and whatever. That even if it you know looks like you know there's no chance of a postseason, um, or even maybe even a winning record, that it won't matter. That they their intentions and Jameis's intentions, which are also something to consider here, is for him to play this year. So they fully expect now. You know, could could something show up and change that? Perhaps, but. Um, he's already apparently chirping about feeling great, and they're not letting him pick up a football. So, my guess is, Rick, that he was probably chirping about feeling good on some of the past weeks when he ended up playing in games. Yes, that, he did. You know, they sat him down for a couple of days, Wednesday and Thursday, but by Friday he's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, man, I can go," and you have mm-hmm. to trust your quarterback. And maybe he could go at those moments, and, and then end up and going in the ball game. Around and yeah, yeah, and then, then took a couple of hits, and next thing you know, he, he doesn't feel good again. So you don't think it's going to depend on, okay, if they're if they're in three weeks, they're three and nine instead of three. That won't matter. It's all depending on how's he I'm, feel and yeah. can he do more damage to it. Both Dirk Cut Dirk Cutter said that today. I know Jameis is planning on playing again, and uh, there's been no discussion. There's been no discussion between Jason and myself of him not playing again. That says to me that they have every intention of him playing. They simply are going to let the doctors decide and 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 try to make sure that that shoulder is as close to 100% from a pain standpoint as it can be, um, and then and then put him back out there. I mean, I, you know, who knows? A lot of things go through. I mean, this is probably secondary to everything else, but, you know, Jameis has started 40 straight games, and he's a, he's a guy who's known as a tough, you know, a tough player. We've seen him take hits before, and, and sometimes I thought, you know, the, they would knock him out, I mean, before this year. Mm-hmm. And he's always, he's always gotten back up. And, and some quarterbacks – you know, the really great ones don't miss games. And it's one of the raps on Mariota has been that he's missed a number of games, you know, over the, the, the two and a half years that he's played, whereas Jameis started 40 straight. And I, I think, you know, you're sort of – I think he's one of those guys that would like to say, you know, I, I can go. I don't I don't want to end this streak. And it's not for the streak per se, but it's, you know, it's part of it is being there for your football team every Sunday and – you know, wanting to be a great player at that position, and that's what they all do. I mean, Peyton Manning, you know, didn't miss any games until he damn near broke his neck and, right. um, you know, missed the season and then came back and, you know, managed to win a Super Bowl. And then, you know, you've seen that with all but one year when um, Tom Brady had the knee injury. So, they're you know, the really great quarterbacks seem to show up every Sunday. Not that the streak's broken, though. He didn't play on Sunday, so that no. streak of 40 in a row has been broken. There isn't that, that necessary, yeah. not, I want to say pressure, but that desire to keep the streak alive. That would seem to me like it would be easier now for Jameis to say, okay, let me make sure this thing is completely uh, healthy. But you know him. You know I know, him. and that's the problem, I think. That's and not that's, a good I thing. Think, and I think that's why Jason Light said what he said. I think what Jason was talking to an audience of one, as you hear a lot in yeah, yeah. the administration talks these days, um, <laughs> but he was really speaking, I think, as much to anybody as he was to James, which was, hey, big guy, you know, I know we said you're getting shut down for at least two weeks, but the at least part probably means more than that. And and the main thing that I gathered from it was that it's not it's not specific to the record. So... We'll see if they stay, abide by that, but that that at least um, seems to be the plan. Well, and that would be, I, I guess, as long as they, as long as it's everybody's on the same page of, hey, we're not going to put you back out there until you feel good, and you got to be honest with us too. If it's still bothering you, uh, sure, you can't go back out there, and that's the thing. 
and hopefully well, not. Well, and I think they're trying to remove that from the equation. Right, right. I, I think well. they're trying to, to err so far on the side of caution that, you know, if it's bothering him, it has to be slight because we've given this enough time for him to, to recover. My sense, though, was, Rick, going into maybe going into this past Sunday, that there was maybe a, I don't know if I'll just throw out just for the fun of it, i throw a percentage out there if there was maybe a a 50% chance that he wasn't going to play again this season. I, I would lower that now. I'm guessing now it's probably more like there's a 20% chance he won't play anymore this season. Talking to to them, no. I would say there's probably a 10% chance or a 5 I mean, how many games are it's left? Like really, so, yeah, eight games. Well, you know. uh, seven seven games left, yeah. Okay, so, I mean, you know, if you throw out that they wouldn't play him in the final game if they don't play him in the next seven. So, yeah, okay, uh, it, maybe 20%. That, I guess yeah. that's about right. But 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 the point is there's there. it looks like he might play again, whereas a couple of days ago I thought, eh, Maybe not. Well, we weren't sure, and and I'm just yeah. I'm just being told, and it may be three weeks. Look, technically, he could play after Sunday, but I, I think the plan is to make him go another week at least. And you know, th- at that point, though, that puts him in the cold at Green Bay, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you know, that'll be good for a shoulder. Um, <laughs> you know, the driven to the frozen tundra on his right shoulder. Jameis Winston was down. Um, so I, I mean, I. You know, all those factors probably played into it somehow, but I, I would look. I only know I'm going to take them at their word until their word yeah. until the video proves better than the audio. I'll believe the video, but right, right now their their plan is to for him to play again this year. Let's get to this John Gruden stuff and and look, Rick, it's 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 fun. That's all it is. It's speculation at this point. Let's make it clear: Dirk Cutter is still the head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks. I don't think you or I or either one of us are advocating. That he should no longer be the head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm still willing to to wait a while. And for all we know, the Bucks are still on board with Dirk Cutter being their head coach beyond this season. But there are lots of rumors out there about Gruden. Uh, Tennessee has come up, uh, and of course now the 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 Bucks have come up. And you and I both wrote about this for the Times and on TampaBay.com. Um, and I think part of the reason that everybody's starting to have a little bit of fun with it right now is because Gruden isn't exactly shutting down these rumors. Not that he ever has in the past. But even you, Rick, don't you get the sense that he's a little closer to coaching than he ever has been since he left the Bucks and joined ESPN? I'll tell you what, man. I'm tired of talking about it, all right? You know what I mean? How could I start this segment without being like John? I got a team. I'm happy with ESPN. Um, I Look, it's what I called it. It's Gruden hog season, right? It's like. Exactly. Every year, everybody sees his shadow. They see Gruden's shadow. It's kind of over everybody. Um, and if if you're Bob Lamont, if you're his agent, here's here's how you know what time of year it is. November, all the Power Five conference schools start calling because they're going to fire their coaches. And they want to know if John wants to coach college football. December, all the NFL owners that need coaches start <laughs> calling Bob Lamont because they want to know if John wants to coach in the NFL again. And this has gone on for 10 years, 10 years. You know, you stop and think, you go, wow, he's been out of coaching 10 years. That's hard to believe. That's hard but to that's believe. But that's true. It's true. And now, you know, he's a young man. He's 54 years old. Dirk Cutter didn't get his first head coaching job in the NFL until he's 57. And he's 58 right. now. So in, in coaching terms, in relative terms, you know, I mean, hell, Pete Carroll's, what, 70? Yeah. Or damn near sure. 70? So, yeah. um you know, it, there, there's a lot of years ahead of him uh, if he wants to do it. The bottom line is this, is that, you know, uh, 
He's he's been asked. I think he likes to be asked. But until he says he's coaching, it's not going to happen. I mean, he has he has to kind of make that decision. Now maybe maybe the right situation hasn't come along, maybe the right money hasn't come along, maybe there's personal reasons like I've heard that, you know, his son still has 2 years of high school and that that might change things. Um I I just know this that that people are always going to ask uh until he stops going on shows like Rich Eisen's and saying you never know, man. You know, this might be the year. You never know. I, I keep my keep my options open. All right, man. So until he until he pulls and now, you know, meanwhile, you mentioned Dirk Cutter and you mentioned where the Bucks are here at three and six. And we don't know, you know, look, maybe maybe they go on a run. Maybe Miami's playing tonight, you know, in Carolina or played Monday night in Carolina and they got a short week and they gotta play the Bucks and neither right. team have is a bye. You know, maybe maybe Fitzpatrick, you know, gets through there and, and beats another AFC East team ugly, and and they get on a roll and Jameis comes back. And next thing you know, you look up and holy gosh, they're five hundred again. Mm-hmm. But all that probably not going to happen on December nineteenth, or yeah, let's see, no, what is it, seven days before December eighteenth, uh, a week before Christmas on Monday right. night. Right. John Gruden's going to be in the booth for ESPN. And at halftime, at, at Raymond James, at Stadium. Raymond James Stadium, they're going to play um, the Atlanta Falcons. And at halftime of that game, he's going to walk down to the fifty-yard line. Which, by the if, way, the score at halftime of that game could be like thirty. You know, it could be ugly. To Ten and, and Falcons the Bucks, at that The point. Bucks' record could be three and ten, or it could be four and nine. We don't know. Right. You know, um, but he's going to walk down out on that field, and people are going to lose their minds. To be you inducted know? into the Ring of Honor, right? That's yeah. right. Right. I mean, they're going to go, you know, spy two bananas in that stadium. <laughs> you know, they're going to be, they're going to be nuts. So here's the thing: what kind of a problem is that? You know, I mean, Dirk Cutter will be in the locker room, but by the time he comes out, he's still going to hear Gruden, Gruden. <laughs> Which and, is why you put Tony Dungy into the yeah, Ring of you Honor put, before you put John Gruden. That's in. why chronologically that might have been a better move. But they didn't expect to be three and six. That's so true. it's 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 a thing. Like it's a thing, right? right? They can't do anything about it except win some games. But I, I, I just find it fascinating that here we are, you know, back in the same place ten years later where, you know, you wonder would the Glazers do this twice? Like would you know, cause every cause literally Every year, for 10 years, there's been multiple programs, both college and pro, that keep asking if, is, if this is the year. Mm-hmm. And so, how? I don't know. In your mind, Tom, I mean, what boxes would have to be checked for John Gruden to leave a $6.5 million a year job plus endorsements at ESPN to go back to coaching? And if he did go back to coaching, does he want to go back to the same place that's where, where you I want get a it. Super Bowl. The, that's where that's where I look at it, Rick, and I say that the sequel doesn't make sense from either side, but particularly for John Gruden. Why would you go back and coach a team where you're already about to go into the Ring of Honor? You'll be in the Ring of Honor by the time you would take the job again, mm-hmm. and you've won a Super Bowl. You got to come back. What are you going to do? Win two Super Bowls? Like how do you top what you've already done? And uh, and I just 
I look at it and say, why not wait and go somewhere else and find a, a now? But maybe there's not a better job out there. As far as why you would come back if you're John Gruden to this franchise, well, it'd be for two reasons. One, you really like the Tampa Bay area and you don't have to move, and sure your home. son's going to high school here, and you don't have to worry about picking him up or being away from him. And the other thing is, if you're convinced that man, I can win with Jameis Winston. That's look, Eddie. If you're a head coach, if you're about to take a head coach, and you have your choice, and let we, I think we all agree, John Gruden. He's not like Dirk Cutter. He's not like some young, like a Josh McDaniels. You may have to take whatever job that you can get if you really want to be a head coach. Greg Schiano, whatever his next head coaching job is, it's going to be almost have to be like whatever he can get. John Gruden's not in that spot. He does, he can pass on jobs and apparently has over the years. But I'm telling you, if you're a coach who needs a who who is looking to get back into coaching and waiting for the perfect scenario, the perfect scenario starts with who's my quarterback. That's where you decide whether or not you want to come back or not. And if he looks at Jameis Winston and says, yeah, you know what? I can win with this guy. Then it makes sense to come back. But other than that, Rick, I don't know why he would come back to Tampa Bay and just do what he's already done before. And if you don't do that, then you're seen as a failure. No? Um, well, yeah. I mean, if you don't win a Super Bowl, it wasn't worth it. Because a couple of things about it. First of all, he's not going to do it for free. And you're not going to get no hometown <laughs> discount, okay? That's true. This is not a volunteer. I'm at Carrollwood Day School and the offensive coordinator, man. I love it. I'm the offensive line coach, too. No, no. You're making six years, $60 million, $60 million right? right? I mean, I mean, you know, if the guy in San Francisco can get a six-year deal, by God, you're going to get one. Right. The other part of it is I don't think he liked the way it ended here. You know, there's you a part of it. It's <laughs> you think? No, I, I think he FFCA. nine and seven. Yeah. I get fired nine and seven. Nine and seven, but he lost four games. But That's I true. think he. You know, there was a lot of bitterness. He's never done anything wrong, and the Glazers have always said, you know, that they sort of did him a favor by making him, you know, a superstar on television. <laughs> where I don't care who you coach, if you know, if you're if you coach one team, maybe it's America's team. Maybe if you coach them. You're you're more, more well known in the NFL, but basically, if you're on the star of Monday Night Football, every city knows who you are, not just the one that you work in. So, um, from that standpoint, and he's made a lot of money and all that. But I, I I there's there's a there's a part of me that thinks he doesn't like the way it ended, and and this would be he could write his own ending. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. because he would be he wherever he goes, I, I think he'll be successful. You know, this this notion that he's been away from the game, this guy watches more tape than guys that coach now. Uh, yeah, this isn't he, Barry Melrose coming out of no, the booth after 10 years and not. You know. No, and he and he's not only that, but, you know, he's on the cutting edge. He's, he's always talked about how the college game, the NFL, was going to, you know, take elements from that. And, and um, you know, he does a lot with the quarterbacks, obviously, in his quarterback camps. And, he, and, he, and he's eaten up with football. I mean, like he'll tell you, he doesn't have any hobbies. Football is what he does. So it makes sense that when your kids are grown and Deuce is in the league now and Jay is head coach in the league now and, you know, some of the guys like Sean McVay, who he had on his staff, mm-hmm. um, you know, is killing it in, with the Rams. So there's got to be a big part of him that longs to, you know, finish finish the work, finish, you know, write his own chapter. And, and I, I can see him coming back. I can't imagine he would go back to college. He's the idea is that he would go back to Tennessee or if, you know, if somehow Notre Dame's job. That would surprise up. me. That would surprise me as well. I just don't see him. Notre Dame's sitting. a special place to him, though. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And I guess Tennessee is in the, in the sense yeah, that I just he can't see him sitting assistant. in a living room trying to convince an 18-year-old kid to 17-year-old kid See, that part, that part he would be great at. I mean, he'd absolutely slay it. Um, because the moms would love him instantly, and 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 you know he can start talking. He's charismatic. About... I just don't know what does he, does he want to do that though. But no, what John there, wants you know? to do is football. What John, what John is good at is grinding, and 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 just and, and here's the thing that would I think would be impossible for him in college football: the twenty hour rule. <laughs> you're gonna tell me you're telling me I can only get these quarterbacks for twenty hours, man. Are you kidding me? I can't, well, do I can't a see him in twenty hours. I can't so, see him worrying about you know, getting a kid to make sure he gets a C in psychology to stay eligible. <laughs> I, like that's not football. You know what I'm saying? That's not football to him. That's other stuff. That's other right. junk. You know, right. he wants yeah. to concentrate just on football. The thing is with the Bucks, I don't know why the Bucks. I, I well, look, I do know why they would bring him back, Rick. They would be relevant again. Right now, there's oh my gosh, are you kidding me? What, there's two how, things going wrong right now. They're not the winning it, and they're not relevant. And this guy makes them relevant. Well, again. and this and is, here's a third thing. If you thought, and I'm not saying they do, because I look, I don't have any great insight on this because I don't, I don't pretend to be able to predict what the Glazers are going to do next. I actually think they like Dirk Cutter, and I think they kind of get what happened this year. Okay. But let's let's say for the purpose of our podcast that that they wanted to make a change for whatever reason, right? Right. Man, all right, we're you're in the you're in the ticket selling business, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is entertainment, folks. Can you fathom? I bet you, and I'm not exaggerating. I would bet you that in the first week. They would sell twenty five thousand season tickets. Jeez, twenty five thousand! Holy yeah. mackerel! Twenty to twenty, I believe that because I just think that that people would lose their minds, and, <laughs> and 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 the reason they would is that you know it'd be the nostalgia of it. Mm-hmm. You'd be seeing you'd be seeing nothing but reruns of of him holding the Lombardi Trophy and the parades, and you know. Derek San Brooks Diego. running in the end, running back for a touchdown, and him on the sidelines. Pumping yeah, him his fist. jumping over uh, Doug Jolly, and you know, <laughs> and and I mean, it would be incredible. It would be just, it would be a a tsunami of good feeling. We got Jameis Winston, and Gruden's going to take him to the next level, and that would be the thing. Like, if you were the owners, obviously you you immediately get star power. And and all the national attention you could hope for without Hard Knocks having to be here, by the way, right? Um, and and then you're also saying to yourself, this guy can take Jameis to the next level. This is next level stuff, you know. Jameis isn't a rookie, so mm-hmm. he doesn't. You know, we don't have to worry about John breaking in a rookie because he's broken in pretty good. Now we need him to win the Kentucky Derby. He's got the saddle on, you know. He's right. he's run right. around the track a few times, and so John's the guy. That's you know, he's you know that's perfect for Jameis because Jameis is already 
sort of this junkie and, and, and just has this passion that might be the one quarterback that could match John's passion for the game. Right. Well, so there's like a lot wrote, of reasons. No, I wrote I and I wrote it in the Times, Rick, and and it was if they if they hired him on January second, it would be the greatest day ever, and we and you and I would love it, and the media, all the media would love it, and they would sell twenty five thousand season tickets, and everybody'd be excited. And then you wake up on January third, and you go, "Oh my God, John Green's our coach again!" Like this guy's going to be in charge of everything. He's going to be in charge of every like he's going to have total control. And I worry, Rick, that. He's going to get out there, and Jameis is going to be crappy the first half of the season. Like, all right, get this guy out of here. Who else is, <laughs> is Jeff Garcia? Got a kid somewhere I can bring? Like, that's what I worry about with John Gruden. He's, you know, that he's just, you know, ready know. to. He, yeah, but you you lived it, Rick. I mean, you saw it. I mean, it went. Yeah, from but he never. I'll say Sims this. Sims I mean, to Gradkowski to Garcia. Like yeah, every guy I mean, was the next guy. You know. Think about what you're saying, though. They, I know. they, they it was didn't. Sims and Gradkowski and Garcia. There's a lot of theories about why they didn't take Aaron Rodgers, you know, instead of Cadillac Williams. I mean, they're, they're, you know, depending on who you may believe back then, the, the guaranteed money for first round picks, there was no rookie salary pool. So you'd have to shell out 50, $60 million in cold, hard cash um, to get those guys. So, you know, he was always, you know, Bruce Gradkowski. You know, there's another guy drafted in the sixth round one time. You know, he's always constantly having to sell himself. And and so he never got the quarterback he really wanted. He inherited Brad Johnson, and the Bull won him a Super Bowl. Right. But then, you know, the Bull started 0-4 one year, and he, he went to Chris Sims. And then Sims got hurt, and he went to Brian Greasy. And then, right. you know, so, yeah, it became, it became a quarterback, a veteran guy. It had to be a veteran guy because – you know, he's not doing remedial quarterbacking. Well, he wouldn't have to do that with Jameis. Right. Now, having said all this, this is an incredibly, incredibly unfair discussion to Dirk Cutter. Absolutely. Incredibly un- unfair discussion to Jason Light. And quite frankly, probably insulting to John. <laughs> yeah. And as well. You're um, like, so yeah, because yeah, yeah, my column was yeah. basically like, like yeah. he was, he's, they're going to hire him back. Like, why are they hiring him back? I'm like, wait a minute. I don't even want the job. What are you, what are you jumping me for? I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, right. doing, a, I'm doing a game That's in right. Carolina and you're I telling know. me what a crappy coach I am. I haven't coached a game in 10 years. That's right. He's like, I, I'm just waiting. I, I should turn that game on. And then Sean would say, well, Coach Gruden, apparently there's people in Tampa writing about you. You probably want to address this. No, I don't. I really don't. That's great. He threw Sean McDonough, too. That, that's the thing. See, like, that's why I think he's coming out of the booth because he can't, like, he used to say, hey, three go. He, like, that rolled off the lips like the, like Sean McDonough. You can't say it. That's not a good one. I, look, I hope he comes back. I hope he comes back to the Bucks because I'd love to hear you do the imitation every week. But uh-huh. here, you're right, Rick. This is unfair to Dirk Cutter. And I, I threw, threw a month ago. Before they went on this losing streak, I wrote, hey, you ever get a sense that a guy's the right guy? I think Dirk Cutter's the right guy. Well, you know what? The last four weeks hasn't, haven't changed my mind on that. Now, they go 3-13 and 13 this season, or they win one more game the rest of the year, and guys start quitting on them like we're seeing giant players quit on, on Ben McAdoo up there in New York. Then I say, okay, you know, you could sense when Raheem Morris it was time to go. You knew halfway through that 10-game losing streak that that was it. He wasn't coming back. I still don't feel that way about Dirk Cutter. I still feel like... He's he's the right guy, and I can't explain it. I can't say that I I can't sit here and tell you that Jameis is leaps and bounds better even before he got hurt than he was a year ago, and that's the whole reason Dirk stayed or was hired. Yeah, but yeah. I still get the sense, Rick, that again, it's nothing more than gut feeling. I still think he has what it takes to be a a good head football coach. Yeah, and I think the Glazers might think that too. And you know, they're the ones that hired him in the first place. As far as Jameis goes, before he got hurt, I'll, I'll say this: they were the number one. Passing offense in the NFL. Who was the quarterback? 
You know, he had one game where he had three turnovers in Minnesota. The only other game he had thrown an interception, you know, he had one other game. So he had gotten better. The The completion percentage was up. Um, he was on his way to 4,000 or 5,000 yards. I mean, all those things were there. And then they went to Arizona. And, man, if I bad things happen in Arizona to the Tampa Bay Bucks. And this is the worst thing that could have happened to him. And I just think that whether you're talking about the Packers or the Cardinals uh, or Miami or everybody but Minnesota, when the starting quarterback isn't right or is he or he's hurt or not playing, it's a pretty damn good reason why nothing else works. You know, I mean, right. the Denver Broncos 15 minutes ago had the best defense known to man. Now, Vaughn Miller's selling everything. Mm-hmm. And yet they can't they can't get out of the way. I mean they, they they're giving up thirty five a game, all of a sudden, and they got no offense. They got no quarterback. So you know these these things. I mean, we always say, well, you know, it's all about the court. You know what? It's all about the quarterback because <laughs> it doesn't look the a court a good quarterback and a good offense that's that's working can hide all those blemishes, you know? Sure they can. Yeah. You don't get sacks. Like the other day we were talking about, you know, they had um, six sacks in a game. Well, they had eight, I think, coming into the into the game for the whole year, and they got six. Well, they hadn't had a lead, okay, in over a month. Mm-hmm. So when you get to the fourth quarter, even at 9-3, to three, and certainly at 15-3, to three, or 15-3, to three, I guess it was at one point. Sure, yeah, exactly it was. Guess yeah. what? They're not Your running the ball. Throw the ball, right? Yeah, and and you're motivated to come flying off the edge, and and it's it's like a feeding frenzy, and that's that's where most teams rack up a lot of sacks is when you have the lead, when you get those premier rush looks, and and so all I'm saying is all of it sort of works together, and 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 it's you know they hadn't been consistent in any one thing that they did, and Jameis even sometimes in his best days isn't that consistent, but he was playing a pretty good level. And the wheels came off because his – and we're not talking about – this isn't a guy like Bradford whose knee was messed up, you know? This right. is his throwing shoulder. Right. You know, this is something that you just can't – you can't hide. can't it's, just gut it out, grit your teeth, rub yeah, some salt it's, on it's it. it's exactly what, it what he does. You know what I mean? He throws the football. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to sound like the biggest apologist and, and guy with a big alibi. I'm just asking somebody to show me. Now, no, we said this, right? And then Brian Fitzpatrick goes out and wins a game against the Jets. But you know what? From what I understand, you talk about guys quitting or not quitting. From what I understand, it was a brutal week last week before this Jets game in every way. And and, and what I mean by that, practice wasn't fun. Um, the players, from what I understand, had it put right on their laps. There was about 15 plays or so that were not professional. And that's when all that shenanigans happened with Jameis coming off the sideline and Mike getting thrown out of the game or getting thrown or suspended for a week. Right. Should have right. got thrown out of the game. Might have spared him. Um, and, and I guess from what I gather talking to some fellows, the players decided we're the only ones that can do anything about this. It's not, it's not on the coaches. This is us and started holding each other accountable a little bit. And decided to go out there and play together and do and do what they're supposed to do um, because it wasn't professional. And I think what you saw on Sunday was a team that is just the opposite of maybe what's going on in New York. These guys recognize 
that they have good coaches, that they're being told to do the right things, and it's simply on them to do it. To put a bow on this John Gruden thing, Rick, uh, a year from now, you don't have to say Bucks or not, one year from now will he be coaching in the National Football League? And then I'm going to ask you if he's going to be coaching three years. So that would be next November? Yeah, next November, one year from today. No. Will he be coaching? Three years from today will he be coaching the NFL? Yes. There you go. You think a lot of it has to do with his son? And um, I think that's part of it. Uh, I I don't know what the future of ESPN is, and um, I know he's on a contract. Seems like they have Monday Night Football next year too. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems to be lining up with the em- empty nestinger type situation, and, and also I I don't know that this job will be up. Look, he might end up coaching the Bucks again. I don't know if it'll be next year. Right. I wonder if there's a statute of limitations, though, Rick, because there seems to be one on Bill Cower where they just thought, if you say no enough, they stop asking. Now, maybe Cower sent messages like, no, I'm not coming back and I'm never coming back. That's exactly. I, I think they stop, they stop asking if you stop saying you want to coach. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. John is never. John will never close that door or has never closed it. Now, smart people, might just, people might just lose interest. But there's yeah. two things working in his favor. One is his age. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, fifty. What is he? Fifty five, fifty six years old. Like fifty three. Yeah, I, I don't know what he is, but he's in his fifties. Mid fifties, yeah. Mid fifties. That's not old. No, number one. Some some years, of those so. guys were older than John is right now when they were sitting in in uh, CBS and booths and stuff. And the other thing is, he's got a Super Bowl ring. Bottom line, yeah. Um, there's not many guys walking the planet that have won the, the one one at all. Only thirty you have. I think I've kind of today. Only thirty in the history of the game have done it. And, you know, half of those guys are dead. And now, he but. was the youngest guy to ever do it. <laughs> yeah, when, yeah, when he did it, he guys broke, alive he, doing it. Not many. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, it's it's a little. It's not quite like the Stanley Cup, where apparently you, it, that's like a federal judge. Like if you win a Stanley Cup, you got a job for life. You just keep moving you around. Oh, you can't. Oh, yeah, John Tortorella's gotten five jobs. It's incredible. <laughs> it's just incredible. Mike Keenan got a hundred jobs after that because yeah. he won a Stanley Cup. So, hey, you won a Stanley Cup, right? Okay, come on. Co- coach <laughs> That's all you team. need. There you go. Hey, speaking of uh, Stanley Cups, Rick, let's wrap up the podcast with uh, a shout-out to Dave Andrichuk, the Lightning captain from the 2004 Stanley Cup winning team, inducted, officially inducted into the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto on Monday night. Really, Rick, the first... The I consider him the first real Lightning player to go into the Hall of Fame. They had a, a couple of guys who had cups of coffee with the Lightning. Denny Savard played with the Lightning for a minute. Dino Cicerelli uh, played with the Lightning for a few minutes, and they both went into the Hall of Fame, and yet spent most of their careers elsewhere. Dave Andrzejczyk too. When I think of Dave, I think most people they think of Dave Andrzejczyk, they either think Buffalo Sabers or some people think Toronto Maple Leafs. Maybe a couple people think New Jersey Devils. But we can claim him around here because he was here long enough. He was here, I think, four years. And they won a Stanley Cup. The greatest moment in cup in, in franchise history is Dave Andrzejczyk lifting the Stanley Cup overhead. There's a statue outside the building because of it. So it's a pretty big deal for the Lightning. Well, the Buffalo Sabres and the Buffalo fans don't consider him the first Lightning player to go into the <laughs> Hockey Hall of Fame. Too. I assure you You're that. You're right about that. I don't care what you think. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, it's cool. He told a story. Um, I was reading some of the stuff when he was, you know, at the ceremonies up there. And um, he talked about how when he got the call asking him if he wanted to come down to Tampa, that he was pretty sure that he was done playing. And he thought, you mean to coach? <laughs> like, I mean, he literally, I mean, think about that. Because, I mean, the guy came down here and, like, changed the culture. And they had a bunch of young guys. And, they, you know, he was the captain and gives a lot of the credit, if not much of it, for 
for them going on and winning a Stanley Cup and, and the influence he's had on those young players. But yeah, he, he was what, 39? Here's the thing too, Rick. Yeah, he was he was at that age 39? and he was asked to change. This is a guy who, you know, he scored 50 goals, I think a couple times in his career, but he, he was no longer that 40 goal scorer. He changed who he was as a player. He became a guy who became a uh, face-off specialist, became a guy that could could play uh, could play defense a little bit, a guy who Hung out certainly, the net. certainly still go out and did, yeah, he always did that great, but it was a guy that he had to change sort of his minutes. He wasn't the sort of a go-to guy anymore, and he changed it and, and took it. And there were a lot of times during that during that Stanley Cup run where as as it was almost like he had the training wheels on the lightning, and as they got deeper and deeper, he took the training wheels off. And there were a lot of nights where he'd say, you know what, go talk. And I'd go in that locker room and say, go talk to St. Louis. Go talk to Le Cavier. Let those guys talk tonight. And he That's because he, he, he wanted to go get a beer and he didn't want to talk to Maybe so, you. but he was yeah. teaching those guys how to be how to be captains sure. you know how to be leaders and both of them went on to become captains and naturally my favorite story too and i and i wasn't even there damien christadero who used to cover the lightning for the tampa bay times tells this story and it was back in the cup year i believe and the lightning got blown out in new in uh, long island new york islanders and they go into locker room him and eric erlinson from the old tampa tribune and there's nobody in the locker room except every player is sitting at his locker and Damien stops and says, I'm so, you guys in the middle of a meeting? And, and Dave Anderson said, nope. Everybody is sitting here waiting for you guys. You talk to whoever you want, and no one moves until you're done with your interviews. And Damien said it was the worst 10 minutes of his life because nobody, everybody's like looking at him. It was like, it's, it's like kids in school, like, don't call on me. Don't, don't come call to me. on me, please. And he said, we go up and we'd ask a question, and like every guy in the room was listening. But that was Dave Anderson holding the entire team responsible. He said, we're not walking out of here. It's we have to answer for our performance tonight. And if Damien wants to, and Eric want to talk to you, you need to talk to him. So another cool moment from, uh, from Dave Vantrek, but congratulations, Dave Vantrek hockey hall of fame. I wonder if another one gets in anytime soon, Rick, Marty St. Louis would seem to be the guy. I think he's a borderline hall of famer. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he has the numbers, quite frankly. I think he has the sort of the intangibles, you know, scoring titles, MVP, Stanley cup, big moments, playoffs, He's sort of a Kurt Schilling guy in that way that he that he that is he's probably a better player than his numbers show. But how many goals do you need? Well, I mean, more than he had. I think he had like around three in the three forties or so. I mean, you know, Andrew Chuck has had a guy, you know, up over six hundred. I mean, it used to be five hundred was the magic number. You can go a little bit lower than that. But he was a lot lower than that. So again I'm gonna bet you Marty makes the Hall of Fame. I don't know when it'll happen, but I think he'll make it. He, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't. I'm not arguing against him. I just wonder if you just wonder when they get in that room that they start talking about and they just and they just start looking at numbers. And hopefully that's the. And a lot of the guys who make the decision on this know hockey. So although you know, I thought Dave Antrak should have gotten in long before this year. So anyway, congratulations to Dave Antrak. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Speaking of lightning, we're going to get into lightning more as the week goes on. They're having. An, an incredible season. They're ready to start the playoffs right now. But uh, but we'll get into more of that. Thanks again for listening. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, everywhere you get your podcasts. You can reach us on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at Rick Tom Podcast. That's for the podcast. And then also at NFL Stroud and at Tom W. Jones. Again, thanks to our producer, Steve Burstick. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 